Proteus Leadership proudly presents the Let's Go, Let's Grow podcast with Des Penny, co-CEO and founder of Proteus Leadership. Hi everyone, welcome to the Let's Go, Let's Grow podcast. I'm Des Penny and today I want to talk about the importance of staying relevant, not just in our jobs, but as human beings struggling to keep up with the massive changes that are taking place around us. And if ever there's been a time in history that our relevance was being challenged, it's now. Right in front of us, a new normal's being created, and what we did and how we did it now looks completely different than it did just a few years ago. But one thing that will never change is the need for great leaders who understand that whatever's happening, they need to constantly adapt and remain relevant. Not so long ago, I read a book called Winning the Battle for Relevance by an Australian author, Michael McQueen. Many of you may have heard him speaking at conferences. And some of the messages in this book hit me like a brick. Because what I realised was that it doesn't matter what products we produce, what services we provide, or how slick we look and sound, unless what we do and who we are is relevant, then we'll simply join the fast race to the bottom. That's an incredibly sobering thought, but the good news is that we can, if we desire to, do something about it. I guess my fear, though, is that right now people are spending so much time doing things to survive and worrying about things that are unknown that they're moving further and further away from actually being relevant. One of the things I did get from Michael McQueen's book was that relevance is everything. And in fact, it now must be the new measuring stick for everything we do moving forward. So that means everything we do, everything we say and everything we produce must be put through the sieve of relevance. Otherwise, it will probably be a waste of time and energy. So right up front in this podcast, let me challenge you with some questions that I've personally had to ask myself lately. Des, how relevant are you as a leader right now? Not how busy, but how relevant. Des, how relevant are the products, the services you produce and provide? Are they actually what people want and need or just what you've always produced? And Des, how relevant is your organisation, Proteus Leadership? in this fast-changing world? Is your structure relevant? What are your bureaucracy levels? Are your work practices relevant, etc.? Because, you see, we can no longer avoid these questions if we want to grow and have a positive impact on the world. But there's an even more confronting question, can you believe it? What if you were becoming obsolete and didn't even know it? Whoa, hang on, Des, that's a bit rude, isn't it, I hear you say? No, it's not. In fact, how we respond or react to that question is usually an indication of how relevant we currently are. And I find that there are usually three ways that we can address this challenging question. Firstly, we can get all offended and stick our head further in the sand. In other words, we react. Or secondly, we're okay, we don't need to think about changes, it doesn't affect us, it'll go away, and so we choose to ignore. Or thirdly, 
we recognise that we're simply not built right now for what the future will demand. So we need to identify things that we can change and futurise both in our leadership and in our businesses. In other words, we respond. So I ask you, where are you right now? Are you reacting? Are you ignoring? Or are you actually responding? And here's a further truth that many people don't want to hear. If you don't know if you're still relevant or not, then you're not. That's pretty harsh, I know. But it's true because people who are relevant, they know they're relevant. But before we can take any real action, we must first understand what relevance means. And I guess the standard definition of relevance says three things. Relevance means being applicable, means being appropriate and being connected. I love the last one, connected. Are we connected to ourselves? Are we connected to other people and the environment around us? That certainly helps us to be more relevant. In other words... One of the upsides of rediscovering our relevance is that people are once again asking why. Why do we do what we do? Why do we live like we live? Why do we work like we work? Maybe things could look very different and become more relevant. Mark Twain puts it like this, the two most important days in our life are the day you were born and the day you discover your why. And no company or individual can grow or even survive unless they can clearly identify their purpose. So individuals also need to know why they exist and what role they play in fulfilling their purpose. And there's never been a better time to revisit your why than right now. You know, when I'm speaking to people, I often hear them say, I wish it was like the old days. Well, I've got some news It never will be like that again. Those days are gone. We were all given the opportunity to learn from them and then to move on. I can remember my first HR role in manufacturing, the best job I ever had, and I often wish I could experience those days again. I was looking after about 1,500 people in manufacturing at the time, and now only six people run that company. Why? Because the old days are gone. Things are different. But here's what I learned from the old days. You experience them, you grow from them, and then you must let them go. Because the old days and ways are no longer here because they're just no longer relevant. You know, in March 2020, when everything went into lockdown, I was trying to make sense of it all and what I'd do when in only a a few short weeks, a business that I created 27 years prior, and then with my team built to become a successful national company, was now irrelevant overnight. And I had to ask myself the question, what's happening to me right now and what do I need to go through to be relevant again because maybe my new relevance will need to be very different. So I created the following model that really helped me and realised that this wasn't a quick fix. There were stages I had to go through and right now I was only really experiencing stage one which was loss and grief. And all all I could see at the time was that my whole life's work was disappearing in front of me and it was hurting. 
So what were those stages? Well, the first stage, as I said, was loss and grief, and that's what I was in. The second stage meant that we had to move to choices. The third stage, changing our focus and the way we think, and then discovering those new opportunities that were in front of us. You know, sometimes situations are difficult, and are as difficult as they might seem, but they're the only way to move us from our fixed mindsets, our old ways, and in fact our procrastination to positive action. And what I began to see was that changes being made now in my life would have taken five to ten years to make happen, if at all, but if there had not been this challenge thrown at me. So I had to become relevant again relevant again and quickly, and so I did. In three weeks, my team and I created a complete virtual leadership company and we became relevant again. But we had to go through the above process to experience a new relevance. You know, the great author Elizabeth Gilbert states, opportunity is put in front of us just once, giving us a chance to help bring it to life. If we choose not to, It simply moves on to someone who will. And that statement came exactly at the right time for me. In fact, it blew my head off. So I challenge you, if you're going through a tough time right now, ask yourself this question. Am I focusing on the worst in this situation or am I taking every opportunity being put in front of me right now? Because if I don't, it will simply move on. Because it's time to move out of that loss and grief stage so we can make some choices, then change our thinking, and then focus on the opportunities that are in front of us. That's how we quickly become relevant. But remember, being relevant is not just about gaining new skills. It's about building the characteristics that help us move towards relevance. So let's start there, shall we? I want you to climb with me up my personal eight-step ladder to relevance or what I believe are important characteristics required of relevant leaders and relevant people. Now, yours might be different steps, but I'm just going to take you through mine in this podcast and hope that they really help you in the relevance journey. So maybe you want to write these down now or, or even later. Step one, relevant people live and lead with integrity. You know, I've literally spent the last probably five years speaking at conferences across Australia on the importance of restoring integrity back into our lives and our businesses. And unfortunately, integrity and honesty have been replaced by business and shortcuts and actually finding people who live and lead with integrity is becoming harder every day. I think Warren Buffett said it best. He said, in looking for people to hire, look for three qualities, integrity, intelligence, and energy. And if they don't have the first one, the other two will kill you. I love that. And how many people do you know like this? If they don't have integrity, then the other two will kill you because someone is smart or they're industry experts or work hard on their job. 
doesn't in itself mean that they have integrity. In fact, in many situations, it can be the foil that helps them get away with so much because they're perceived to be energetic achievers. So integrity is not about what we achieve, but rather how we achieve it, our business practices, the way we treat people, etc. But what I do know is that relevant people live and lead with integrity. Step number two is that relevant people break down bureaucracy. You know, one of my missions in life is to fight and break down the unnecessary levels of bureaucracy that we have in our businesses and in our lives. And you'll notice I said unnecessary levels. I think we need some bureaucracy to keep us on track. But there's a lot of unnecessary bureaucracy that we have in our businesses and our lives that needs to be dealt with. Because bureaucracy doesn't move anything forward. It maintains things at best and can often be one of the main blockers of progress. And the paradox is that the people who complain about it are usually the people who use it as a security blanket. It actually becomes their comfort place for inaction and procrastination. I can remember listening to a speaker and speaking on the success, decline and success of Microsoft, uh, Microsoft, that great company, and he stated, when Microsoft first started, they were free, ideas flowed. But when things went pear-shaped for a few years, they were the first to admit it was because they became the thing that they despised. They became bureaucratic process-driven with lots of safety nets. And they only became relevant again when they started to remove these unnecessary levels of bureaucracy. You see, relevant people avoid the trap of simply finding more effective ways to do more ineffective things. So remember, bureaucracy will only maintain, it will never move us forward. Step number three is that relevant people demand personal growth. So I want to ask you a question. What do Bill Gates, Oprah Winfrey, Warren Buffett and Mark Zuckerberg have in common? Now you may not agree with everything they do and everything they say, but what do you think they have in common? Now usually the first thing that people jump to is, well, they're all incredibly rich. Well, that's exactly right. They certainly are worth billions of dollars collectively. But they're also game changers, thought leaders, power players. They're all hugely successful in their own fields. But here's one thing that you may not know. It's also well documented that each of them practice what they call the five-hour rule, where they spend five hours per week doing deliberate learning deliberate learning, and each has a personal coach, mentor. So even in their busy lives, they understand the importance of personal development. And that's because they also understand you cannot give others what you don't have yourself. So relevant people and businesses understand the need to grow both personally and professionally. Step number four, relevant people choose not to be busy. Did you know that busyness is just an advanced form of procrastination? And procrastination is a silent killer. 
It stops the very heartbeat of who we are and what we do and what we could achieve. And because success is not determined by how much we do, but rather by what and how we do it, we need to ensure that we are not keeping ourselves over busy. Relevant people and businesses choose not to allow a culture of busyness to lead them, but they focus on the things that add value and create that ongoing relevance. In other words, they focus on the right things, the things that are important, not the things that are comfortable and easy. Step number five, and we're halfway up there now, they build on the things that they are good at. Why is it we spend so much negative energy on the things we're doing wrong? And this may even include people in our lives who are energy vampires. Why do we give them so much time? Einstein says, stay away from negative people. They have a problem for every solution. I love that quote. Do you really know, though, what you're good at? Because that's what needs most of your attention. Don't get caught up in a bloodied red ocean. Rise above it and focus on the blue ocean opportunities, the things that you're passionate about, the things that you're good at, because that's what will help you to become more relevant. Step number six, and I really love this step. Relevant people quit often. You know, the reason we are so overwhelmed all the time is because we don't stop to review what we need to stop doing. In other words, it's just as important to know what we stop doing as it is to know what to do next, because one creates the opportunities for the other. When I discovered the concept of strategic quitting in a book by Seth Godin called Flip, it changed absolutely everything for me. I started to look at things I needed to remove before I spent a lot of time on new opportunities. Yes, some of the cuts, they really hurt and required a major mind shift, but not to cut them would have taken me simply to irrelevance. We cannot grow something new unless we make room for it to take root. And I guess there's a simple example, and that's pruning a tree, We obviously have to cut branches. Why do we do that? So that we can experience new and stronger growth in the future. So my question is, are you brave enough to quit? If so, then think about what needs to be removed from your life and your business before we look for new opportunities. Step seven, relevant people make time to think Part of a leader's role is to set aside time to think. Currently, most of our thinking time is spent on fixing things, maintaining the status quo. Where does your new out-of-the-box thinking come from? I guess an example that I use about myself is that I go away. I spend time away, whether it's a day, two days, or maybe a week. But I spend time away to focus completely without disruption on what is needed in that situation because that's when the new ideas and concepts flow, not in the middle of a busy life. So relevant people and great leaders need to make time to take time. There's no no excuse really 
not to do that. So schedule that thinking time, that creative thinking time into your day. And we're nearly at the top. Relevant people choose their attitude. You know, the author Brian Tracy speaks about why some individuals or business owners are more successful than others. Why is it that some people are happier, more satisfied in their careers and relationships, maybe even have nicer homes, take frequent holidays and overall just enjoy a great life and others not so much? And in a nutshell, the overwhelming secret to their success is attitude. Skills and knowledge are really important, as we know, but studies have shown that attitudinal attributes count for 85% of a person's success. This means that the way we think, how we react to our circumstances and how we deal with responsibility and possibility are all essential. And the key component is often a missing ingredient in our leadership training and coaching, and that's for business owners and staff to be able to change their attitude. But people say, well, you can't measure attitude. I totally disagree with that. And in fact, attitude doesn't really need to be measured in any case. It speaks for itself loud and clear. It's right there in your face and usually demands a response. The one thing that we do have control over and can choose is our attitude and that's what relevant people do. So there you have it, my eight personal steps to relevance. I hope I've triggered you to think about ways that you can become more relevant and both personally and professionally. So often we hear podcasts like this and walk away and do nothing. It certainly is a choice to do that. But things are changing as we speak. Doing nothing means that we will eventually join the fast race to the bottom. So I ask again, how relevant are you right now? But more importantly, how relevant will you choose to be in the future? Whatever decisions you make, it is totally within your control to determine your relevance rating. So thank you. You've been listening to the Let's Go, Let's Grow podcast. I'm Des Penny, thanking you for listening and encouraging you to sign up on your favourite podcast platform so that you can enjoy further episodes as they drop. Don't forget, relevance is now the new measuring stick for everything we do.